Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I love these winter days. Fresh snow and then bright sun. Not particularly cold, but uh, certainly feels like winter. 22 degrees, north winds at 8. Our wind chill stands at 13 right now. We've been in the single digits above zero when it comes to wind chill. But all in all, not bad. If you're able to get out of the wind and be in the sun, it is pretty comfortable. So uh, good stuff uh, for sure in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul. It looks like folks are going to get their wish. Uh, We're not going to see any major warm-ups. So the snow we did get overnight here in the Twin Cities, uh, we'll cover the ground. We'll get a white Christmas, and then I'm fine with a warm up. And uh, let's let's get ready for spring. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I roll. I, and I shouldn't say that because I I still do enjoy skiing. I just don't get to do it as much as I would like. So uh, there is that. Hey, we have a great program lined up on this Sports Saturday. Uh, tremendous lineup. Kerry Clatt is our producer on the program today. And here is what we have lined up on this Saturday afternoon here at News Talk E3OWCCO. Uh, scheduled a visit with Dane Mizutani, who covers the Wild for the Pioneer Press. Uh, that'll be right out of the gate. Another game postponed due to COVID 19. This time, the scheduled game with the Florida Panthers. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, Jeff Kolpak. Uh, joins from the Fargo Forum. We'll talk about NDSU football. They're headed to another FCS title game. At 335, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider talks Vikings and Bears on Monday night. Uh, COVID issues among the coaches and the players. That's been true around the NFL, postponements, etc. Steve Carney takes us outdoors following the news and weather at 4 o'clock. And then Kyle McDonald won his first career game as head coach at Forest Lake last night, beating Moundsview. Moundsview is looking for their 1,000th career victory at Calls Court at Moundsview High School. Uh, Kyle McDonald is the grandson of the late, great Bob McDonald of Chisholm fame, who won over 1,000 games in his legendary career. Twins president Dave St. Peter about the winter classic setup and how things are changing at Target Field, and they get ready for that. And then the big announcement on the new scoreboard, Dactronics will build a huge scoreboard in left field, uh, replacing the gigantic board that uh, came along with the ballpark when it opened way back in 2010. So we'll get into that, some of the other improvements We'll see a target field. And then following the news and weather at 5, Andy Greeter covers Golden Gopher Sports uh, for the Loons and the Pioneer Press here at uh, News Talk E3LWCCO. All right, I got a text from Dane Mizutani. He's ready to go, so uh, Kerry will get him on the line uh, momentarily. And we did talk about the NHL. Uh, number of games in the NHL postponed. Of course, Florida and Minnesota scheduled to play in St. Paul. Uh, the Bruins and Canadians postponed, Maple Leafs, Canucks, Lightning, Avalanche, and then Blue Jackets and Flames all postponed. So uh, 
a lot of COVID. Uh, we've seen some problems in the NBA. Minnesota Timberwolves were uh, without a couple of players last night, including Anthony Edwards. Uh, the Lakers have had COVID issues, and it, it's really starting to spread. And, of course, uh, the NFL as well. All right, let's get back to the Wild Dane means that Tani joins us. Dane, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good to visit with you. Uh, another postponement. This time, uh, Florida not able to play against Minnesota Wild, so it has been a very quiet week for the Wild. Yeah, quiet week for the Wild. Quiet week for me, I guess, too. Um, yeah. Just pretty, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's concerning, right? Like, it feels a little bit like like March 2020 again. Like, not quite as bad, but, like, just the same vibe. Like, it feels like every day we're getting stars that are testing positive. Every day we're seeing teams that are dealing with like a huge influx of the virus um and then obviously we're getting these postponements um, i i don't know anything for sure but it feels like we're trending towards possibly pausing like i don't know how you can't think that that's on the not on the table at this point with how many we're seeing per day again that's more conjecture on my part i i don't know anything for sure but it feels like at some point you're gonna have to try and stop this thing in its track before it spreads throughout the entire league but Luckily, the Wild have avoided it, knock on wood, right now. It's just been their opponents. Um, but, yeah, Carolina is dealing with an outbreak. Florida dealing with an outbreak. Obviously, the Calgary Flames are at the top of that list. I think as of midweek, they had 30 members of the organization on the list. Um, I think 18 wow. players total. But, yeah, it's crazy right now. And, and, and like you said, it's not just the NHL. It's the NFL, um, NBA, everywhere. Um, just the world at large. It's just kind of... Uh, you know, a not so subtle reminder of what we're dealing with still. Yeah, and uh, the assumption is is that uh, these are positives among those who are vaccinated, but nevertheless are still in the health and safety protocols, or they've decided uh, to postpone games here in the short term. We we did see a move. The Montreal Canadiens uh, didn't allow fans into Bell Center for a game, and you have to wonder, and I know the Canadian government has taken a much more direct approach to COVID-19 over the last year and a half or, or, or longer, and, and you have to wonder what's going to happen north of the border because remember a year ago the canadian teams played in their own bubble in that north division the wild were in the uh honda west if you will and and i i'm sure what the canadian government ultimately decides could be a huge factor on the remainder of this season for sure yeah that's a that's a great point like we don't know how swiftly they're going to act or what's going to happen right. or you know, all of the, you know, the variables that are on the table. Uh, you also look at it from, like, a travel standpoint for these teams. Like, obviously, everyone knows the Winter Classics coming to town at Target Field on, on New Year's Day against the St. Louis Blues. The Wild play the Winnipeg Jets on December 27th. So let's just lay out a scenario here. The Wild travel to Winnipeg, to Canada, across the border on, on December 27th. And in order to get back to, into the United States, you have to test. So what if they test and a few guys return positive and they have to quarantine up in Canada, they miss the Winter Classic completely. So it's these yeah. things like that that you you start to, you know, kind of do these mental gymnastics, like how viable is certain travel the rest of the year? Like how are, are they going to have to, you know, kind of do like sweeping exceptions so like or exemptions for, you know, sports teams? Is that even on the table? Like all of these things are, are things that you're starting to think about. 
um, it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of us, um, myself included, thought we would be past this by now, um, and, we're, and we're very, very clearly not. It is uh, quite a time, and uh, we just can't shake uh, COVID-19, not only here in this country, but uh, around the world, and it's impacting sports schedules. On to the wild, uh, struggle a bit on the way back home, uh, get beat in L.A., get beat in Vegas, and then have the game Tuesday against Carolina postponed. And then on Thursday night, not a, a great performance. They get a point. They, they ultimately lose to the Sabres in a shootout in St. Paul. And, and the Wild haven't had a lot of clunkers this year. You could maybe put that game against the Sabres in that category, Dean. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dean said it best. Like, they were terrible. He said the pace was terrible. Uh, they couldn't complete a pass. And, you know, every, every pass was jumping over sticks. Um, they were missing the net. They were just trying to pick corners, you know, just get the puck on net, and, and, and things can happen. They were trying to get too cute with their game, but also weren't sharp. So why are you trying to get too cute when you're not really sharp in the first place? Um, just an all-around very, very bad game by them. And I think the refreshing thing is you look at this team and you look at this organization, this franchise, um, they weren't averse. They've never been averse to clunkers. Like, you, we've seen it time and time again. But I feel like there was a sense of accountability on Thursday that I haven't seen a lot. Um, I've covered the team five, six years now, and a lot of times when, when these teams have poured in, in, you know, in the past, some not-so-good performances, it's been, you know, kind of the excuse game or, like, not totally taking accountability for it or, like, giving the other team credit. Like, everybody we talked to, it, you know, on Thursday night, I said, them, that's not us. That's unacceptable. We have to figure out ways to get ourselves out of it. And it was... No, you can tell they have that accountability and they have, you know, that reaction to a game like that because they truly believe they're a Stanley Cup contender this year. So, yeah, the game was horrible. I don't think anyone is, you know, hiding from that fact. Um, but the fact that you you could see how they recognize that right away, like I think that's a good sign. You just would hope that they could have played two days later to kind of get that bad taste out of your mouth. Now they play Monday, you know, in Dallas, in theory. You know, things seem to be changing by the hour um, over the last few days. Um, but as of right now, that game's on. I don't think the Wild or the Stars are dealing with any COVID protocols at the moment. Um, so the Wild will get an opportunity Monday to kind of get off this night a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it hasn't been the best week as a whole for, for this team. Yeah, and it kind of gets into that old saying, after going out to L.A. and in Vegas and coming home, then, then they get that unexpected break, and now they get another unexpected break. And there's really a fine balance once you get into the rhythm of the season uh, of rest between rust. You know, that, you know there, there's that fine line, that getting a breather, and then a team starts to get rusty, and we'll see if the Wild are able to shake that off and, and, and return to playing at a very high level. I mean, exceeding all expectations. There was the thought that, the Wild would be pretty good and, and probably a playoff team this year, but but not at the level they have been going at. Yeah, no, they've been so, so good, and I think that's – you're right. Like, that's why you start to think, like, man, you don't want them to take too much time off or, like, to keep getting these, these unforeseen postponements because yep. they were rolling. And sometimes when it's rolling, you ride that wave and it's all good and it's kind of on the opposite end. Sometimes when things start to spiral, you can't really catch it. Um, now, I, I do think this team is capable of catching it. I think they're good enough, as we've talked about, to recognize what they did wrong and improve on that. But at the same time, like, you got to play games. 
and they haven't gotten to play games in the last, you know, by and large week because they've had to postpone it. So uh, it will be interesting, you know, Monday, and then they play one more time before the break, um, and then there's three days off between. Um, it's all gearing up towards the Winter Classic at this point. I think everyone's, like, you never overlook a team. You never take someone lightly in the NHL. And, you know, the while they're obviously very, very, you know, vocal about that. They don't overlook teams. But everyone has January 1st circle in their schedule. And I just hope they, you know, I hope that game goes off without a hitch. Because everything I'm hearing, that thing is going to be awesome. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they're pulling up all the stops in, 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 in Minneapolis and in St. Paul. And, you know, it would just be unfortunate if that thing got overshadowed by, by this virus. It is going to be a cool scene for sure. Dane, always good to visit with you. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. All right, there he is, Dane Mizutani. Covers the wild for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk NDSU football here on this Saturday afternoon. And Jeff Kolpak covers for the Fargo Forum. Uh, They win. They advance to another championship game. That in a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. One of the great dynasties in college sports is up 94 in Fargo. NDSU football earned their ninth trip to the FCS championship game uh, with a victory at the Fargo Dome to beat James Madison 20-14. to And Jeff Kolpak covers for uh, the Fargo Forum. And, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. It really has been an amazing run. Change coaches, players come and go. They keep winning. Hey, yeah, Steve, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, it's uh, it's a system, right? I, it's just a system that they have going, a, a West Coast sort of physical offense. They, they find the right lineman, which is a number one uh, priority. And, and, and a lot of these guys come from nothing. I mean, it just, you know, they come from small-town football in North Dakota or Minnesota that, uh, you know, were nine-man football guys or six, seven, and and 240 pounds when they get here, and then and all of a sudden they're 6'7", 305, and right. NFL prospects. So uh, it, you just build it. And there's no, not a lot of transfer portal stuff going on up here right now. Well, and what, what's so great about this, and, and there's so many fans of NDSU football here in Minnesota, because let's face it, there's a lot of kids from the cities that end up in Fargo and go to school there and have an impact on this program. So, so there's that tie as well. But but the fact that they just win, and you're absolutely right, they do it with a lot of Midwest kids. They they do it kind of the old-fashioned way, finding the diamonds in the rough, and th- that's that's great to see. And I, I think there can be a lesson in all of that for other football programs here in the upper Midwest that there's a lot of good football players and a lot of hard workers right here in your own backyard. Yeah, well, you started, and let's maybe look at the – how this dynasty started and you know ndsu was uh, was division two school for the longest time with division one in in 2004 eligible in 2008 and where they really got good steve is when they started out recruiting northern iowa and those schools for the twin cities kids and that's where it started you know marcus williams zach bra uh, and some guys the gophers passed on i mean the gophers can't take everybody you know, there's just too many guys and so what you have to be good at when you're an FCS team or one double A back in the day is you got to get that next guy. Okay. You, you got to out recruit Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois or, or whoever, Toledo's the max and Eastern Michigan's of the world. You got to get that next guy. And, 
And in some cases, you know, maybe I'll recruit the golfers for a walk-on, a preferred walk-on, and offer of money. Uh, you know, the, there's a fine line between those recruits. It's not an exact science. I mean, yep. um, it's just uh, – and they've perfected recruiting as best you can. You can never perfect it, but I think they figured it out more than most, that's for sure. Yeah, NDSU makes a move, and they, they've had a lot of followers. And just down I-29 in Brookings, South Dakota State's built a pretty good thing. And I think that's great for North Dakota State as well, to, to have that rival just down I-29. It, it, it's a rivalry that goes back to the old NCC days uh, when I was covering the NCC early in my career. So in that respect, it, it, it's a good thing as well. And who knows, they, they might get the Jacks uh, in the title game. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Montana State's up 31-17 in the fourth, but we'll see. There's yeah. still a lot of time left. Um, but South Dakota State has built their program. They were terrible in Division Two. I mean, average at best, you know, for just decades, just kind of a five and six, five and five, six and five kind of team. They go Division One, and I think what NDSU found and what South Dakota State has found is that when you go D1, it just brings in a whole different fan base nationwide. Also, more of your alums are engaged. You know, they see on ESPN, and and you're just more of a national brand. And South Dakota State. It, as uh, as you know, latched onto that, and and unfortunately, <laughs> some of these teams, you know, James Madison, uh, who NDSU beat last night, while they're going FBS, um, you know, next year. So that was their last game as an FCS. Georgia Southern's left the subdivision. Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina. So I'm a little, I'm not gonna say bum, but I'm a little apprehensive on going forward on on the quality of what's going to go on here in the fcs i think if 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 the mountain west came calling for ndsu right now they'd jump in a heartbeat and but um you know there's no room there i this is an fbs school in an fcs world right now i mean they're building a 50 million dollar indoor facility and it's going to be very fbs like you know there's nothing about this program that is that is really fcs other than other than the letters right now yeah and it, before we run out of time, Jeff, do yeah. you, you think something like that is, is you, you mentioned if the Mountain West came calling, boom, you know, we're gone, we're going for sure. But but that's got to be in the cards going forward that this thing is built to the point where taking that next step is, is inevitable. Well, personally and selfishly and as a reporter, I, I hope so. I think the fans are getting a little bored with, Winning, they are. The fans are bored with winning. You, you ever hear that, Steve? But they are. I mean, it, it's you, you can see the same movie only so many times, and you know, and and you know what's next year. So, um, you know, the, the Bison had East Tennessee State in the quarterfinals. You know, that just didn't exactly touch the meter for fans. But James JMU did, right? It's James Madison. It's recognizable. Great program, and what a great game that was last night, by the way, and. So I, I just, at some point, something's going to have to happen here, you know, whether NDSU makes some, if, it's, it's, it's geography. You know, if Fargo were located in a different part of the world, it'd be a no-brainer. But, you know, we're, we're, we're closer to Canada than anywhere else. Yeah. And so it's, you know, what do you do? All right. Well, Jeff, uh, another run for NDSU football, another FCS championship game, ninth trip there 
And it looks like it'll be Montana State. You're right, midway through the fourth now. Montana State leading South Dakota State. 31-17 to the score there, as Jeff mentioned a moment ago. And once again, uh, just over six to go on that one. Always good to visit with you. Thanks, Jeff. I, I enjoy following your work. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Jeff Kolpak uh, from the Fargo Forum. And how about that, NDSU? And, and there was a lot of activity on Twitter during that game last night. It was kind of fun. Uh, they, they, they definitely moved the meter here in the cities. 331, quick break for the weather. And then Matthew Collar, the founder, and one of the key guys at Purple Insider, will talk Vikes, Bears, uh, there's been a lot of COVID turmoil in the NFL. Uh, the Vikings and Bears feeling that, but still unscheduled to play Monday night at Soldier Field. We'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3O, WCCO. Sports being impacted by COVID uh, postponements. Uh, the wild game with Florida not happening. We've seen postponements in the NHL, the NBA, uh, the NFL as well. Uh, so things in turmoil uh, right now in the world of sports. As a matter of fact, uh, some games moved to Tuesday, Seahawks-Rams, uh, the football team and the Eagles, and skills still scheduled to go on Monday night will be the Bears and the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, six-point favorites on the road at Soldier Field. That, that's a new look. And it's a 7-15 start. We do have a little news. And Bashad Breeland, cornerback, has been uh, released or waived by the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll open there. Matthew Collar joining us from Purple Insider. And, Matthew, thanks for the time today. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of Viking fans celebrating that news at the moment. <laughs> Well, yeah, probably. I mean, he was certainly not popular, and uh, he had a lot of issues for sure this year. It seemed like he was never really a fit with how Mike Zimmer wanted to play defense, and um, now there was uh, uh, news that just came up in my Twitter um, from Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press that uh, he's being sued in a civil suit um, for, I guess, smoking weed inside of his apartment complex, so that's strange. And uh, then uh, he also was not at practice, I believe, yesterday, and uh, I don't think that there was an injury designation for him. So, yeah, that's a weird situation. I mean, you you don't see, even though he struggled, you don't see starters cut in December very often. No, not not considering what's on the line – for the Minnesota Vikings, probably need to win three out of four down the stretch to get into the playoffs. It has been a crazy year. And back to Thomason's tweet, uh, I'll just read the whole thing. It's been an up-and-down year for Bashad Breeland on and off the field. He was sued in a civil suit for $15,070 October 6th by two other residents of his Minneapolis apartment complex that he allegedly, uh, quote, continually and guests have been smoking cannabis in violation of the no-smoking addendum. So that from Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press. Uh, Nevertheless, still a football game at this point. Uh, Let's get into the other big story and what the NFL is dealing with as far as COVID. Vikings, Bears, uh, and and games already uh, spilling into Tuesday. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, it's uh, it's what they call a fluid situation, I guess. Yes, where yeah, for sure. Um, you know, earlier this week we started to have all sorts of different uh, positive tests. Um, the Bears had uh, an outbreak, and we, we saw it in Los Angeles. We saw it in Cleveland. And uh, the NFL has made it pretty clear that it's not canceling games this year. It's And the players, they lose their game checks if – Games are forfeited, which was agreed upon uh, with the NFL and NFLPA before the season, basically as incentive for everybody to try to follow the rules to make sure that games get played. And so, you know, now they're having to shuffle them around. And then the NFL's answer to this is changing the rules um, about testing, which I think seems pretty, um, I guess, counterintuitive to what you would think. If you've got outbreaks, less testing doesn't seem like a great idea. Um, it's certainly not good for society, but I guess if players are asymptomatic, they're going to be able to play um, even if they're carrying COVID, which is just, it's pretty dark, man. I mean, that's, I don't know. Like this is, this doesn't yeah. seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. I thought maybe just going back into kind of 2020 mode would have been the right way to go. And instead their answer is, well, we'll just let asymptomatic vaccinated players with COVID just play. And, uh, uh, it's a bold strategy, and we'll see how it plays out, I guess. Yeah, it, it really is interesting to me, and it, it goes back to, to one thing you can say about the NFL. It's television programming, and television is paying billions of dollars for this programming. And one way or another, the show is going to go on. And in reality, they moved a couple of games to Tuesday, Matthew, and the networks are probably fine with that. Yeah, I mean, like... From a football fan perspective, I mean, eight games in ten days, cool, right? But Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, that's that's just kind of how it always is. I I thought the NFL last year kind of made, in a way, an entertainment storyline out of COVID in general, like which teams could stay healthy, which players were out, tests that came back positive right before games, and all sorts of things like that. Like the, the NFL just has this, captivating power that even when you know it's kind of messed up and sick that the the reality show kind of you know overtakes everything and so now we've got these playoff races and games going on every day and i'm sure that football fans are just going to sit back and enjoy them um because what else can you do really right i mean you can't make it stop out there I, i would love to snap my fingers and make covid go away like everybody else in the world would um and i certainly think that the way that they're handling this in general is is not really the right way to go um but what can you do i mean other than just see how it all plays out yeah a year ago they they amazed everyone by marching forward having a regular season the playoffs the super bowl went off uh without a hitch uh the, the fans and full stadiums has been the wild card this year. We've already seen a change north of the border. The Montreal Canadiens didn't have fans in the building at Bell Center for a game. It, it will be very interesting to see, and I brought it up earlier with Dane Mizutani of the Pioneer Press. Uh, I, I think Canada is going to have a big say over what happens in the NHL because Canada has been a lot more strict, and if they all of a sudden shut down the border – and fans aren't allowed in buildings, and teams aren't allowed to trade back and forth. The NHL could be in trouble. You've got one team in the NBA north of the border. It doesn't really impact the NFL that way, but as we continue to march forward, 
will there be restrictions on fans? You just don't get that sense at the moment. No, uh, it doesn't really seem like that's going to yeah. be the case. Now, that could be a, a city-to-city thing, though. Um, sure. you know, we saw last year, if you recall, San Francisco had to play their football games in Arizona for their home games because um, you know the city of San Francisco wouldn't let them do it. Um, and so you know, I don't know if we're going to see any measures that are that extreme, and maybe it'll be that some stadiums just require masks uh, in certain cities and things like that, but... Um, it doesn't seem like there's any conversation at all about taking fans out of stadiums. And, and I don't know that fans in stadiums, I, I haven't seen this studied. I, I mean, I don't know if it's been a cause for COVID spreads. I mean, I guess just like using your common sense, you would think that it wouldn't be a good thing. But I don't know, you know, with, with so many outdoor stadiums and a lot of open air, even in the bigger stadiums like U.S. Bank Stadium, I mean, maybe it hasn't been an issue, but I mean, that's just kind of America, right? Like with this yeah, whole time, sure. we've just done everything we can to just keep pushing through. And we've kind of said, well, if this thing stays around and keeps spreading, then shrug our shoulders. And, you know, I, I guess football is kind of a reflection of society in that way. Yeah, for sure. On to the eggs, and O's, Vikes, Bears. Math is really pretty simple. Vikings win three of four as long as the football team doesn't win three of four. Minnesota should sneak into the playoffs in that final seed. Yeah, you're right. And where where it gets really hairy is if they go two and two. And then you're talking about, or if they, you know, go one and two in these next uh, three games, let's say they beat Chicago and then lose to the Rams in Green Bay, then you're going into week 18 saying, what if this team wins? What if that team wins? Is this sure. team playing its starters? And I, I think the, the team to kind of keep your eye on there is Philadelphia because Philadelphia uh, plays all the NFC East teams, and I believe that they wrap up with – so they've got Washington twice and the Giants once, and they wrap up with Dallas. But if Dallas is set with their spot, then they might play all their backups. Um, and so Philadelphia fighting for playoff position against the Dallas team that's playing backups could be – um, concerning, but you're right. That it's pretty much coming down to the Vikings have to upset either the Rams or Green Bay, and then take care of business for both of the Chicago games. And when you look at the state of this Chicago team, I mean, historically, it hasn't mattered how bad Chicago is. The Vikings still can find a way to lose to them, but they are very bad. I mean, they are uh, probably even with the Lions right now in Jacksonville for teams that are just the worst in the league and and Houston is right there as well Um, and so you know the Vikings already lost to Detroit I can't say that you can 100% trust them but this Chicago entire franchise is in complete disarray that it looks like they want to fire their head coach their coach has not put in a very good system for their rookie quarterback Um, generally Mike Zimmer dominates rookie quarterbacks uh, because they, they're very, um, you know, inexperienced and dealing with different coverages and things like that. So everything sort of lines up for the Vikings should just steamroll here in, in this one on Monday night and then, you know, give themselves a chance to beat either L.A. or Green Bay. But it's Chicago, right? Like the, the Vikings yeah. have only won five of their last 20, I believe, in the Soldier Field. I mean, strange things, unexplainable things seem to happen there. And so, you know, I, I mean – I'm going to Chicago, more or less, because you just you have to be there to see what happens, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's the old saying, outdoors on grass, division rival, all that, kind of throw out the records. So so we'll, we'll see. And the Minnesota Vikings have some pretty good news. Um, 
sure there's some COVID issues, but all in all, they, they've, they've got a lot of key parts. They've got a lot more going on than the Chicago Bears. Kirk Cousins, healthy. Um, their best wide receiver, healthy. What do we know about their second best wide receiver in Adam Thielen? Yeah, Adam Thielen is listed as limited. Uh, I, you know, I, I do wonder if they're listing him as limited just to make the Bears think that he might play because um, Thielen did still miss a couple of days of practice this week, and you know, it, it just seems like it would be a big ask for somebody who's dealing with a high ankle sprain and, and high ankle sprains, particularly for receivers, where you have to do a lot of sharp cuts and things like that. Um, they're just very, very difficult, and it usually takes a while to heal, but you know, in a situation like this, with the playoffs on the line, we might see Adam Thielen try to tough it out. Now, the last time we saw something like that, Thielen got hurt before the playoff game uh, in the 2019 season and was really ineffective against San Francisco. I mean, that was a much better San Francisco team than the Bears here, but, um, you know, I, I don't know how effective he's going to be just because of the general nature of his injury if he's going to be able to play. I mean, I think against this team, you can probably get away with still producing a good amount of points with K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook. Um, but, you know, Chicago, it's not like they've got nobody over there. You know, they have uh, Akeem Hicks coming back from an injury yeah. on their defensive line, and uh, Eddie Goldman just came off of the COVID list, and those two guys have made life very difficult on the Vikings in the past. So, I mean, I think if Thielen is even close, that you know he'll probably try to give it a go. Yeah, weather doesn't look to be a factor on a Monday night in Chicago in December, and that's good news for the Purple, an indoor team, and the the fact that they go into Chicago and at least don't need to worry about the weather on Monday night. Yeah, I mean that has, um, I mean that's always a thing that you factor in when you're talking oh, about sure. that, and then you know a couple weeks from now. They've got to go down to Lambeau and potentially deal with the weather down there. Um, but, you know, I, there's always something about that turf at this time of year where they've got, you know, whatever, college games or high school games or all sorts of different things that go on. Um, and and then by the time you get there in December, the turf is just a complete disaster. And I think that that's slowed things down. I, you know, there was a stat about the last, I forget what it was, five or six games between these two teams have averaged 33 total points between them. I mean, it always seems like it's kind of a slugfest and nobody can really separate. But I think, I mean, all logic would tell you that this is the exception because they just won't be able to cover Justin Jefferson or stop uh, Delvin Cook on the ground. Their defense is one of the worst in the NFL. It's just that (laughs) that stadium, that turf, you never really know. Well, always good to visit with you, Matthew. How do folks subscribe to Purple Insider? Yep, just go to uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to the Purple Insider podcast or uh, purpleinsider.substack.com to sign up for our newsletter. All right, very good. Thanks, Matthew. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Matthew Collar, uh, founder of Purple Insider, talking Vikings and Bears on Monday Night Vikes, favored on the road in that one. 7.15 start on ESPN. Um, do you have YouTube TV and you plan to watch an ESPN? Not so fast. Uh, Disney and YouTube TV have had a falling out. We'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Another note on... Bashawn Breeland being waived by the Vikings today. Tom Pelissero 
who now works for NFL Networks, covered the Purple for a long time, said they waived starting quarterback or cornerback Bashad Breeland after he got into a verbal altercation today at practice with coaches, took off his cleats and got into it with multiple teammates who were trying to calm the situation. Uh, that, according to sources and rap sheet, uh, so apparently that that's it. Bashad Breeland waved by the Vikings. They'll play the Bears on Monday night. Uh, I have YouTube TV. Uh, Carrie Klatt, our producer, has YouTube TV. And I had heard this brewing for a while, and it became reality last night. Disney channels, including the local ABC affiliate, Channel 5, pulled from YouTube TV along with ESPN and the other Disney-affiliated networks. So now what, Carrie? What do we do? I don't, yeah, I have it today. I don't know if I'll have it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, now the the cool thing is, and I've been really happy with YouTube TV, they have uh, a super easy to operate DVR, if you will. I mean, as, as far as recording programs and reviewing them and organizing your favorites, it's a great interface. It's as good as I've seen from any streaming service. So I love YouTube TV. But the fact that, number one, a while back, they lost what was then Fox Sports North, now Valley Sports North, and now no ESPN networks, it's becoming a problem. Yes, and for me, and I have a three-year-old, so losing Disney Channel is yeah. not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm sure you're in crisis mode over it. <laughs> but but in reality, I was a direct TV customer for a long time, and every year the bills would go up. And then they got to the point where it's like, what am I doing here? And we, we cut the cord. I put an antenna on the roof. So I get all the locals. So me getting Channel 5 and ABC programming is not a problem. I get it over the air from the towers in Shoreview. So so that works great. But as far as ESPN, I'm out of luck. Now, what I think they're trying to do is to just get people to sign up for Disney+. Plus. But then it starts to become hard to manage. I get Disney+, Plus and I got DirecTV streaming, and I got YouTube, and I got this, and I've got that. And it, it becomes hard to manage. It does, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't. I I miss. I really because we've had YouTube TV. We'd had we've had Roku for a couple of years now, yeah. and I up until recently I haven't really missed cable or Direct TV. But I do now. It is easier. I don't want all of these different apps and all of these different things. I just want to go to one place, have all my channels, and have it be done. I miss the old. I miss TV from twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, and and I am tempted. And, I, and I'm trying to sell my wife on this. Maybe we should just go back to direct TV, as sad as that sounds, to kind of limp back, hat in hand, and say, can you please give me my channels back? I mean, that I, I don't know where you're at, Carrie, but yeah. I, I'm kind of in that mode right now. I think uh, well, we'll have to do something. I know my husband, he's going to want ESPN. The kid's going to want Disney. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it may be sign up for cable. It may be uh, get direct TV back. Uh, sad fact, YouTube TV hasn't completely shut the door, but I am not optimistic because Disney has its own streaming service. So my sense is they're going to, they're going to have people sign up for it. And I, and I know with, with Disney plus there, there are other, there are other 
I, I guess, advantages to it because you get more programming than you would through cable or, for that matter, direct TV or, or more programming than you would get from YouTube TV. It's easy access to all the ESPN Plus program. There, there, there's a lot more channel options. So, so we'll see. We'll have to sort it out. My dad and mom are on YouTube TV, and I haven't even broken the news to my dad yet. Uh, oh, no. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dad. No more. Yeah, to- <laughs> I'll, yeah I'll, I'll get him up to speed a little bit later on that. All right, we got to run. We have all the news. We have all the weather coming up at 4 o'clock. Then we'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.